Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic State of Mind. It is the Tuesday Bulletin. I am your host, Dick McConville, joined by Patrick McHilp and Lawrence Conley. Um, gentlemen, you know it's a good day at Celtic Park when you hear Hawaii Five-0 and the Magnificent Seven uh, blaring out the Tannoy system. Um, it was the first time we'd scored seven goals at Celtic Park since uh, we last played uh, St Johnston um, in August 2019 in the opening day of the season flag day. Um, so, yeah, Nice to get seven goals, nice to get another performance. I think people were a bit itchy, you know, St. Johnson came into the game uh, with the fourth best form in the league. Everybody is still on the edge of their seats, apart from one man who is Ange Postacoglu, who seems relatively calm just now, Patrick. Um, everything is going well for us. It, you know, there was chat about complacency in the week, and then an up to this note from our camp, from the press, but 
what complacency. Exactly. <clears throat> and um, it, sh- it really should have been an early game, but the way that we started, and then I think we get the early goal, I think it's about eight minutes in or something, we score 13 minutes in or uh, that sort of time. And the nerves just went. You, you just started to enjoy the game. You started to enjoy Ange ball. And, you know, you're three nothing up at half time, the game's over. Um, especially against a team like St. Johnson, who, as much as you say, fourth best team in the league based on form, but second bottom of the table, they're going to get relegation scrap. Callum Davidson said after the game, it's just about putting it behind them and moving on because it wasn't their fight today. Um, and, you know, you've got to give them credit because they're an okay side and I definitely wasn't expecting a 7 nothing. Uh, I expect us to win the game. I expect us to win it relatively comfortably. But uh, the players were, were phenomenal and it very much could have been 8 because immediately after that 7th goal, we got the park and Kyogo just misses and Maeda misses it um, sliding into the box as well. Uh, so a phenomenal afternoon and um, just five games remaining. Just five games remaining. Those split fixtures, obviously before that we're going to have a Scottish Cup semi-final um, this coming Sunday. But Lawrence, it's five games. We know who those five games are going to be. It's going to be uh, Ross County away first, which isn't going to be the most easy. Still got ties. We know all about them. It took to uh, 96 minutes, 97 minutes, if you to believe some people. You know, maybe 180 minutes to get that Tony Ralston goal up there. Um, I've got Glasgow Derby game at home, but then home to Hearts. Waited in the United, Motherwell in the final game. Um, just back to what we were talking about, Patrick, there. Complacency, there was absolutely zero complacency. Patrick said it could have been eight. I think it could have been double figures on Saturday. Could have hit that way. You know, I've done the show at the weekend. I said I think it'll be 3 0 by half time. And I expected St. John's did come out and, and close up, but they didn't. You know, they played a fairly high line and they kept trying to play football. And they were only going to get punished further, weren't they? So, yeah, I think 7-0 would probably go off lightly, but I think 10 shots in target, something like that, 10-11 shots in target. Early doors, Xander Clark had a few good saves, but after that, yeah, more or less anything we got in target was given. So, yeah. Like I said, it set us up well for uh, the Glasgow Derby and the final five games. You know, we've got League Cup in the back. You know, your odds on for, for the league, and I'd say we're favourites for the cup. So, Ange could de- deliver the treble in the first season. We don't know, we don't know yet. Um, I think a lot of people are looking at Sunday's game as the biggie. Um, because if we get that over the line, you know, Patrick, you touched on last week, it might be the final big hurdle. And um, before the, even the cup final, because we know it's going to be one of the Edinburgh sides if we were to be there. And the, the five uh, remaining games, what, what was your take on those five remaining games? I mean, you want to count our chickens too early. Um, as I say, you probably get arguably the most difficult tie out either going to Canada or up in Dingwall. It's a long trip. Glad to see it was a 2.30 kick-off. Um, that saves the 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock wake-up that usually is for the trip to Dingwall. Um, but yeah, what was your, your take on the, the five remaining fixtures and how they're spread out? <clears throat> well, I mean, it was a surprise to all of us, wasn't it? Because I think it was the Scotsman and the, the Daily Wake-Up running with um, Rangers as the first game. Uh, which I think we all expected to be fair uh, and then the fixtures actually came out and it was an away game first so I think we're all quite surprised but I mean all going well we're either going to win the league against Rangers at home or Hearts at home so at least we'll be able to have a title party at Celtic Park all going well obviously if we win our games then it takes care of itself um, but aye um, 
I'm not a big fan of the split. Uh, we might go into that later, but you know, there was a lot of drama at the weekend about who's making the top six and who isn't. That could have easily went on until the last last game of the season, uh, if if they structured the league properly, in my opinion. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, they've given a lot of Celtic fans, as you said yesterday to me from Ireland, plenty of notice to go over for the three home games. So it's not the worst, um, not the worst set of games in the world. You know, obviously we're. I think we're all delighted when Motherwell scored a late equaliser at the Spaghetti had uh, to keep Livingston in the bottom half. But uh, no, I'd, I'd back us to win the league anyway. Um, we're, we're three wins away, maybe two, depending on how Motherwell do against Rangers. But yeah, just looking forward to getting it wrapped up. And all three games should be, um, you know, sort of carnival atmospheres. Yeah, Saturday felt almost like a carnival atmosphere again at Celtic Park, something at Ross County game, Lawrence, you know. The sun was shining for large parts of the game. Ange Ball was in full flow. He scored some cracking goals. We'll come to one of those, the, the very first of those goals. Rio Hitati. Um, again, I don't think we're probably talking enough um, about the guys that arrived in January and how easily and how seamless they've just settled into this Celtic squad. I was in the post-match after the game of Ange Postacoglu and Matt O'Reilly and I was asking Matt O'Reilly you know, about his experiences since coming into Celtic in January coming into a team that were already halfway through the season. Um, obviously, his position a bit different to that of Hatati, Maeda and Idiguchi, who'd already played a full season in the G-League. But, you know, he spoke about coming in, cramping up in that first game at Hat at Tynecastle, um, but then getting into the training methods. Rio Hatati, talk to me about him. He's just, he just seems to be back on form and he's such a great midfielder and he always seems to like a goal. Yeah, he's got those magic moments as... Alan Morrison describes him, you know, he says his stats perhaps aren't as good as the other midfielders, but he just pulls out these magic moments. And, you know, I think it was like 26 minutes in, there was a ball from Taylor that Yakamakis knocks down and, and Hatati's unlucky not to score from it. You know, it, it, I think he's just a class midfielder, but the, the interesting thing is going to be next season when those guys have had a rest, because we're forgetting that the Japanese guys have played a, a season and a half without a break. So if this is what they're like, coming in at the end of their season, try to integrate into a team. You can only imagine what they're going to be like, you know, have a rest, pre-season. I, I think they'll kick on again. Uh, but yeah, the, you know, midfield is just, you know, it's crazy the competition in there, isn't it? You know, it's Callum and, and any two from eight, almost, isn't it? So yeah, it, I suppose it keeps the intensity up in training, doesn't it? And I, I saw your interview in the, yeah, Mark was definitely saying that. It, it, it's, it's not just in the park to keep that intensity. It's training as well. Yeah, and I think it's good for football players. He said he, he relishes that competition, party and that you know, you're not a stick on for in that midfield position. Ange, who I, I caught his interview just there with Paul Cuddy um, and Celtic TV, but was talking about, you know, we probably at times didn't have the squad. We didn't um, to, to play three games in a week. But now we're getting to a point where I think the squad is up to where he wants them to be. Stephen Wells spoke last week about the team coming to its peak and the fitness and the intensity of training being really, really high. Um, but back to back to Rio Hitati. Pete's came in here to say Hitati can score scorchers with either foot. He's different class. I think he has different class. And even the goal at Ibrox that we get, you know, the first goal, it's Hitati taking the shot on. Um, you know, whether we're going to question Alan McGregor or whatever else. And then that gets Rodgers' goal. And, you know, on Saturday again, you see him link up so, so well with Craig Taylor. I thought he had another outstanding performance at the weekend. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, you could have really gave the man of the match to anybody, really, on Saturday. But 
you know, I thought I thought Taylor actually was brilliant as well. Um, Atati was brilliant as we're speaking about, and you know, I don't know what you two are like, but every time folk talk about players being strong in both feet, I just think of Lubo. Now, I was obviously nowhere near Lubo at the moment, but you know, it's it's an impressive team that Angie's building, and you know, the passing range um, that he's got, um, the, the the vision that he's got to to make key passes, I think they call it uh, at the moment. It's 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 a phenomenal, a phenomenal talent, and um, I think you know it's, you'd be hard pressed to decide between him and Maeda which one has been the best from the January signings of the three um, Japanese players. You feel a bit sorry for Gucci, really, that the midfield's so good that he can't get into it. But I suppose when you're playing teams like St. Johnson, you don't really need a defensive midfielder um, in that three that we play. So you sort of you roll with McGregor uh, nine times out of ten. But yeah, absolutely phenomenal player, and um, very, very lucky to have him. Um, Rolls Royce for a footballer, and probably my man of the match on Saturday. I know you could give it to anyone, but he was probably he, he really like McGregor helped dictate the midfield, and I thought he was he had a really, really good game. Yeah, I thought it was tremendous. Um, I'm finding it really hard to see by, past Dyson Maeda in games just for his work rate. It is it is baffling at times, and even. Even sometimes I just watch him for you know two three minutes just to watch it. He's running and it's like, you know, and again at the end of the game, we're seven all up and he's he's pressing the goalkeeper to try and get a corner. That's like, where does that energy come from? He, you know, what I think we could probably do a podcast and Daisy Maeda and Rio Hatati themselves. Um, as you say, Patrick, we've not seen Yusuke Adeguchi probably as much as we'd like to see. Um, but I think that will eventually come. I don't think Angers, you know, bought Adeguchi just to be a squad player, you know, and be as a backup. I certainly think he is uh, has plans for him in the future and, uh, you know, but if he's up to the standard of Dyson Mahida, Rio Hitati or Matt O'Reilly in terms of the January signings, you know, another top player probably to get in. Um, Lawrence, it's spoken so, so much about Jackie Marcus having this phenomenal record of one-touch finishes. On Saturday, that was eventually broken when he nips in. Again, Maeda press, press, press and he nips in then Xander Clark puts the ball into the back of the net. It was a two-touch finish. Um, you know, the, the big man has been a breath of fresh air, just in terms of ourselves, you know, struggling without a striker because Kyogo's injury. Um, we're going to come to him, you can see that as a tagline. But Jackie Marcus has been such an important player for us in the second part of the season. We hope him and Kyogo um, can both contribute to the running. But uh, do you think there's a bit of concern there with I'm going off, and that it was too early to probably judge, and we'd be hopeful that we'd have him in the running. So you're going to say, is there a bit of concern with him having to take a second touch <clears throat> to score? Is he is he, is no, he losing no. the magic? Don't worry. <laughs> it, it was a bit of a, a Larson-esque finish. I'm sure that Henry finished a few tight tight ones like that. So we've got to trust in Ange, haven't we? If he says he's he's going to be fit, he's going to be fit. Uh, it'll be interesting once you, you know Kyogo's fit. Yakimakis is fit. Who's going to start? You know, would he maybe push Kyogo out wide to have Maeda, Yakimakis, Kyogo as his front three? You get someone out of pressing from that front three. Yeah. Obviously, at the expense of Yota, Abada, James Forrest. So, we'll talk about competition in midfield. We've got it up there. Probably just centre forward. We don't have a strong competition. It's just Kyogo or Yakimakis, but everywhere else. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, totally agree. Yeah, so uh, I think 
hopefully he'll be back. And I would, I would like to see us try and Maeda and Kyle go on the wings, doing the pressing and, and Yakamakis leading the line. Yeah, um, you know, but we started to see some of those flashes, Patty, uh, the link up with Kyogo will come to that ball over the top, which is just, it's perfection. Um, and I think maybe Maeda might be a bit disappointed that Abad has nicked it off him, but hey ho, you need to be there. And he smashes it into the net, so no complaints for that. But again, Dyson Maeda, we saw him score that absolutely cracking header against Bodo Glunt at Celtic Park. And the ball from Jota for this header is absolutely fabulous. And again, for, you know, not the tallest of players, he's just always a constant threat in that box, Dyson Maeda. I saw Brown Warrior coming in the comments here. He was telling us weeks ago, months ago, you know, Maeda got all those goals from that left wing in the G League. Um, definitely no doubt for me, he's a winger. But he's just a constant threat in the box, and his pressing keeps phenomenal. But he deserved a goal at the weekend. It was a great goal. Yep, and you know when you see his goals, he doesn't look like an actual finisher. He's not. It's not like a clean, a clean strike when he's scoring. You know, like Yakamaka's first touch and all that, and Kyogo's goals are always very clean looking. But he does. He gets into these spaces, and he's so quick that he just needs one touch sometimes. And um, he scores a lot of goals with his head as well. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, and you could just hear the crowd were delighted from when he scored because he does so much running. It's unbelievable. And it's not it's not random when you're chasing a game and you're running about like headless chickens, you know, like we did a lot last season, um in the first in the first half of games last season. It's it's organised, you know, he knows who to press, when to press. Um and uh, yeah, just a phenomenal player. And as you say, it's very hard to look past him because even if he doesn't get the goals, even if we don't win the game, which is rare nowadays, obviously, you can see the effort, you can see the work rate, and you can see what impact it makes on the team. Um, as you say, we could sit here and talk about Maeda and Hatate uh, for 60 minutes ourselves, but you know, it was such a phenomenal performance, and I thought he was actually unselfish. I don't think Abada stole it off him. I think he leaves it for Abada, uh, that seventh goal. Um, I think he slows down a bit which obviously you don't see very often, and uh, Abada just puts it right in the top corner. Um, and it's it's good to see uh, several different goal scorers as well. Um, obviously, great ball from Kyogo, good to see him back, but I think it was five different goal scorers, I want to say, maybe four. I can't remember exactly now. I think it was five. Um, oh, right, look at the brace. So. Aye, so what would that be, Six. Six different goal scorers, I think. Judah with a penalty, Maeda, Abada, Jacko. Hatati. Yeah, six. Um, there we go. <laughs> it's a good uh, good conundrum we have. It's good that we're talking about that when you know, we talked about silly <laughs> things last season, like set pieces and whatever else, you know, and conceding goals. And that's your, your point that you're making there ties in my foot. But Ian says here in the comments, he said that we've proved that nearly every player can score, could do with a staff help and heart on Sunday. Um, yeah, when we got the penalty, I think my old man might have been the only person in the stadium that wanted Carol Starfield to hit the penalty to try and get <laughs> off the mark. But I think it's going to come, gents. Um, and Sunday would be the perfect game for Big Carol to get ahead of again. He was terrific at the weekend. He's so, so cool at the back. He takes the ball so comfortably. Um, and we've spoken about you know the move from Russia over here. Um, and in terms of just the play, having the ball so much. He settled into an Ange Postecoglou team so, so well. And he's, in the partnership with uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers really does say it all. And, you know, where you touch their party on, on Lila Bada, 15 goals and 11 assists in a debut season for a 20-year-old winger. He was 19 when he arrived. is absolutely phenomenal as well. 
and there is so much more to come from him and he's such a great player to have off the bench too because you know the, the strength and depth coming off the bench on Saturday was something obviously Tommy Rodgick went off and Matt O'Reilly came on um, but just good quality all over the park and it's just it's really puts you at ease just now when we're going forward that you know we've maybe got two players in each position that can basically challenge maybe apart from what you were saying Lawrence you know if Big Jacko's going to be out it's a wee bit of concern but we do have attacking players that can play for the middle um, as well as Kyogo so hopefully we, we do see Big Jacko back uh, sooner rather than later um, again you know got the penalty Judah uh, tucks it away lovely um, but everything you know I touched on Stephen Wilson about that high intensity Patrick and coming to the peak this is the perfect time to be coming to a peak and you know we're just like absolutely relentless and emphatic I wouldn't be surprised if we delivered another uh, large high scoring game in the remaining slip fixtures either would you? No not at all um, and you know I think I'm going to be said in January or February that by March and April time we're going to have some team because all the players are coming back at the right time and you know it's something that Celtic were doing well up until last season we always hit form at the right time you know, we'd sometimes have a tricky start, then we'd really hit form in October, November, <clears throat> and then maybe slip up once or twice in December, and then after the winter break, just hit the ground running. Um, you know, we'd done it in the two games before COVID, sorry, the two seasons before COVID. Obviously, last season speaks for itself. We're just, we fell apart after October, basically. Um, but we're, we're hitting form at the right time. Everyone apart from James Forrest is fit to play which is just a phenomenal um, place to be in, considering where we were late September, early October. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it is it's, it is just phenomenal to watch. I mean, we have six, maybe seven, hopefully seven games left this season. And as much as you want to get the two trophies in the bag, I am going to be gutted when Celtic go away for two and a bit months, because there won't be any angible to watch and we are absolutely flying. It's it's a shame to curtail the season really. Um but yeah, it's it's just a pleasure to watch at the minute and um as much as, you know, the Scottish Cup's definitely still in the balance. I think personally I think the league's over. Um but you just can't see anyone beating us at the moment. Yeah, we hope nobody can beat us at the moment and we do get all three in the bag, which would be tremendous. It would be five tables in six seasons, which uh, is some start. Um, Tony, watching in from Oz, you're very, very welcome. Um, thank you. I think you're probably the biggest from every Celtic fan um, for Ange just now. Um, I don't really think there's any Celtic fan that's got a bad deal. I hope there's not any Celtic fan that's got a bad word to say about Ange Postecoglou because what he has done um, in such a short space of time is, you know, miracle worker. You know, he's everything rolled into one. Um, Lawrence, as I said, O'Reilly came on into the game, came on for Rogic. Um Talk to us about him. You know, the, the second goal that he gets is wonderful. The the passes, it's somebody's, I think it was Tam Selick on Twitter's uh, put over the clip of Ange's um, training and talking about, you know, the ball moving and getting into space and then taking your shots on. Um but again, it's a great header for his first goal, and then the passing goal is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I mean, when Matt said that, Alan Morrison had said, you know, it's the best stats in a midfielder in Europe. It's just, albeit he was playing at a, a lower level, you know, can he step it up? And he's just taking it seamlessly, hasn't he? He's just wonderful footballer, 
you know, Roger's only got a year left in his contract. You know, Mark's going to be here long term. So I think he's been, he's been a cracking acquisition for what, one and a half million. And don't know where Ange keeps uh, pulling these signings from. You know, the value for money he's getting on his signing, it's absolutely outstanding. So, yeah, Mark Riley, 21. You know, he's opted for Denmark. I think he had a choice of some like four countries that he played for. It. He called up to Denmark. Yeah, I think Tony Haggett is claiming that was all down to him. But yeah, it's he did ask the question. Yeah, yeah, just an absolutely phenomenal player. And you know, twenty-one best years definitely ahead of him. So he's only going to get better and better, isn't he? He is going to get better. I think he'll actually be a Danish international. Um, they're one of the top teams in Europe, one of the top teams in the world. But I don't see there's any reason why not, because he is only going to get better. And you look at guys like him and Abada. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, you know, the youngest guys in our squad and what, what they've did this season I think it's kind of frightening to actually think what they might do next season and, and beyond and we hope that Angie's there for a long time to develop these guys because the relationships between players and managers just now is so so important that there's so much chatter and Patty, you know Vickers and Jota and whatnot. it won't be down to them not getting on with Angie if they don't sign the contract because you know, it must be some buzz sitting in that dressing room after a game like that, 7-0. And even, you know, I, I think players are probably jumping up when their alarm goes off in the morning to get up to Lennox Town because it just must be such a buzz working under this guy just now. And the, the, the camp just now must be absolutely, you know, wonderful. Yeah, and I don't doubt that it's hard work. I mean, it's probably the most intense training session Celtic players have ever had. Uh, you know, the, the amount of running we do, the amount of energy we use up. But... At the same time, if you put all that hard work in and you're getting rewards like that, it must be so satisfying um, knowing that you're putting the work in, you're getting the just rewards. And, you know, I don't know how many St. Johnson fans are saying this, but I think there was one that was shared among Celtic fans on Twitter that, you know, Angie's just built a fantastic team. There's nothing we could do about it. you just got to take your hat off to them. And you do, really, don't you? Uh, when we're on form like that, certainly no one in Scotland can stop us. Um Barring, you know, us being one of the unluckiest teams in the world uh, and a few refereeing mistakes. But no, we are absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, you know, five league games left. You know, it, every league game that's played, we get, we get closer to the title because our only challengers are running out of games to catch us up. Um, and, you know, we've, we've got a chance to, to put sort of one hand in the Scottish Cup this Sunday by putting ourselves in the final. Um, I really, really hope we can do that because I wouldn't say it would be a disappointment, but you would be quite, you would be quite disappointed if you thought well. You we're want on something form. to do in 
the 21st of May, you know. Aye, we aye. don't want Ange Ball to stop about another game, mate. Ah, exactly. And not only that, you want, you're the form team. Um, you've you've definitely got the better manager. Uh, I think you've got the better players as well. Uh, in terms of who we're playing on Sunday, um, you know, the momentum's with us. Uh, the sort of, what, what we've all got a buzz about is, and, you know, despite being in a, a European quarter-final, our opponents, they don't have a buzz about them. Um, they might do, depending on how that game goes on Thursday, but you, you want to, I mean, you're putting an end to their season effectively if we win, and then all of a sudden you're three games away from a treble or something, uh, or four games away from a, four wins away from a treble, I should say. Um, so I think you've got to, you've just got to turn up, play the best you can, and I think we'll win if we do that, um, as long as we perform to our best. Yeah, I think, you know, I agree with a lot of those points, Patrick, that, you know, on our day, if, if we play our potential, I, I don't see anybody beating us apart from ourselves because, you know, again, we'll hear all the clichés, Lawrence, about it's cup football, it's a one-off game. I'm sure Ange Postacoglu is telling his players to, to keep focused. Um, Tony Ralston, you know, said the atmosphere's calm in there. Matt O'Reilly said the atmosphere's calm in there. Callum McGregor, it's an endless list of players that just seem very level-headed just now. <coughs> and... I think that speaks a lot for even them as a group because there's a lot of guys in there who, you know, there's probably been questions asked about their, their performances last season, about going through that, um, what toll that probably took on them from a mental and psychological perspective. But um, again, the captain, Callum McGregor, you know, I, I saw a, a tweet the other day who said his heat map must rival Pompey. I, I don't doubt that. Again, it was, it was majestic on Saturday. He's all over the place. In terms of you know passing the ball, moving off the ball, getting other people involved in play, um, but just moving forward to it, as Patrick says, I think on our day, and if we turn up on Sunday, uh, there's no doubt for me that we should win the game and get through to that cup final. Yeah, listen, we're definitely favourites for Sunday. I, I thought both of you were doing a wee uh, homage to Public Day with all this buzz about the place stuff. But, well, I've got. A- I've got a Paul T-shirt on here. Football for the fans. Nothing celebrating yeah. at Ibrox. So two 0 yep. game. Yeah, uh, I hit one post and off the other, and then he celebrated like that. But anyway, we digress on that goal. But yeah, no. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Definitely favourites. You know, they've got another hard game in front of them. I think Ange having a week between games to work with the players now, we're definitely seeing a step up in performance and style of Ange ball. You know, it's getting better. For all, it's a 7-0 win. I still thought St. John's were a wee bit silly in the second half. I mean, they played a fairly high line. They came out rather than just getting the ball and yeah, you're going to get really three 0 down. Game's gone. Get everybody behind the ball. Don't get embarrassed. So, you know, I, I would have thought that'd have been the way for them to go. Maybe they thought it was a free hit. You know that they've nothing to lose by trying to play and 
other than another four goals in the second half, which could argue will be more. But uh, yeah, f- for Sunday, uh, I-, I would say we're, we're strong favourites for it. Uh, hopefully get another th- three or four goals, you, you know, then as well. Uh, and all the pressure's on Rangers, you, you know. They've got to beat Braga. Uh, hopefully it goes to extra extra time and then they get knocked out. Would be the ideal scenario. Uh, they should be a wee bit tired when they, when they play us. They're going to have to live with the, the, the speed of our football, which I don't think they can. If we, we dispatch them, win at Ross County, then we've got them at home. And if it's anything like the last performance at, at Celtic Park, that could be the could seal the league. Maybe not mathematically, but you know, it would be nine clear with nine to play. And goal excuse difference. for another party, Lawrence. Be yeah, yeah, two league winning parties, wouldn't you? Because you, you know your, mm-hmm. your goal difference is going three. to be you know well, high twenties for them. Well. Yeah, yeah, three. Make it three, and hopefully yeah. a cup final as well. Listen, listen, uh, something to look forward to. I'm going to the the, the B team tonight. Are you yep. popping along? Yes, I'm going. Patrick's going too. Yep. Happy and David's also going for maximum. But flag, some flags are really annoying people in this week, Lawrence. So what flag <laughs> did that be? Tricolour, of course. I'd have thought, you, well, you know, it's the, it's the flag that... Uh, it's just upsetting people this week. Yeah. You've got a question... It's funny how many Scottish people have a problem with an Irish tricolour, isn't it? You would never think yeah. that. Very strange. But, no, um, it should be a good game tonight, but, uh, yeah, warm-up for... Get in the mood for Sunday. And, listen, I'm sure Ange is... Listen, the players will be aware that, that there's a good possibility to travel, but, you know... They will be focusing one game at a time. I suppose it's an old cliche, isn't it? You know, they know they've got a job to do every game. The way that way Angie's got them playing every second of every game, they've got a job to do. <laughs> you, you know, they are just relentless. So, yeah, I, I think we'll win easily on Sunday. Yeah, relentless, emphatic, some words that we could probably use to describe Celtic on in, in Saturday. Um, just where we're on that point, um, thanks for bringing that up, Lawrence. Scott House came in to ask, is it on Celtic TV? If you are a season ticket holder, it is on the Pass to Paradise. I think you can watch it. Um, but if you are looking to get along to the game, there is tickets still available. Um, but you can pick up if you just head on to Twitter and go into Celtic's official account. There is tickets available. I think the North Stand's open tonight. Um the standing section and the north cover is also open tonight so hopefully a good atmosphere inside Celtic Park and a decent crowd um, hopefully going along obviously we've saw the success of the women's team at Celtic Park and hopefully the B team can get a, a, a good uh, turnout tonight um, our tagline we're only half an hour and we're just coming to our tagline we need to stop doing this gents um, Kyogo for the hashi it was a big role to see him come back on at the park um, we have missed him um, missed the character even I noticed I was pointing over to my dad when, when Tom Roger went off there was a wee man standing at the edge of the the, the tunnel to make sure he was alright and give him a pat and a, a hug um, but he came back on it's great to see him I haven't seen him in the flesh since the cup final obviously played up at uh, McDermott Park it was the last game he featured in and when it went off early we've not seen him for since that time he, he comes on he's involved right away I've already touched on it. The, the ball over the top, the Maeda touching in there, a bad finish is some goal. I cannot wait to see him link up with some of those guys. And back to what Matt O'Reilly was talking about um, on Saturday post-match, he said it only took him one training session to see him um, and gradually what he played with this player 
obviously one of those guys that's just arrived and hadn't had the chance to play with him. He'd already heard the buzz and the chat about him in the dressing room, and I spoke about him only kind of coming in for the past 10 days and getting proper training uh, sessions under his belt. How excited are you to see him and what should hopefully be seven games, but at least six games remaining this season? Yep. <clears throat> and, you know, with that GG injury, it probably will be. You know, if we play seven, he'll probably start in seven, um, as long as he keeps himself fit and stuff. But, you know, when he first got injured, I didn't think it was long term. So I was expecting him back against Tibbs on the, was it Monday the 18th of January? But of course, as things would have it, it was a more serious injury. We've seen Maeda and, you know, sort of things kicked on from there. Um, it's the first time he's played with Maeda. I think Katati had gone off by the time Kyogo came on. Adeguchi uh, never got in the park. So he's played with Maeda. He's, he's lumped the ball over to Maeda and Maeda's obviously given the ball to Abada and it's the seventh. But um, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to him. You've seen the runs he was making, making those runs again. Um, you've seen the noise that the crowd made uh, when he came on. I think it was immediately after the sixth goal, I want to say. Um, O'Reilly gets his gets his second and he comes on. Um, Followed by James McCarthy. How to bring them down a wee bit. With poor James, <laughs> eh, you know. The whole Celtic pack uh, giving it this. And then James McCarthy came on. And just kind of went, oh. But it was great to see him back. Absolutely great to see him back. Um, uh, you know, and he's going to be such an important player for us. As you say, Patrick, he made those runs again and it just looked so seamless again. You know, some players come back from an injury like that and it takes him a while to get started. But this guy, again, is just on a different level um, to some players. And there's just so many likeable characters in the Celtic team just now, Lawrence. But as a collective, you know, and just spoken about 24, 25 players who really want to play for him. And you can see that in the group. And they're all working for the one goal. They're all singing off the same hymn sheet. That goes for the backroom staff too. And again, probably what you're saying, Patrick, we need to... Um, you know, mention Anton McElhone, who I think has been really, really important since he came in at Celtic, conditioning-wise. All the backroom staff, I've seen that in those uh, Manager of the Month awards, Lawrence, which is, you know, getting more of them than I'm getting hot dinners just now. Um, it's just a collective effort that I hope at the end of the season will, you know, result in three trophies and, uh, you know, just a colossal... You know, applause for these guys because every single one of them to a man have been absolutely brilliant for Celtic Football Club this season so far. Yeah. I think a lot comes down to Angie's uh, philosophy and his recruitment, you know, and if you don't want to be here, you're not going to be here. If you're not interested, if you're thinking about being elsewhere, just go. There's no use to him. Allegedly interviewed Paddy Roberts and just decided he wasn't the right guy for him on, on that. Uh, you look at the players that are nowhere near the team now, Julian, Ayeti, no Barkas, Bongoli, he's just... But, and I think some of that's probably down to attitude. He's been, you know what, I've got guys here who want to fight for the team who aren't harping on about going to another league or maybe to a bone mouth or whatever. It's, you know, they want to be here and play for Celtic. So he, he's definitely put uh, together a good bunch of players. And, I mean, you think, you know, it's two transfer windows. Uh, and Jared... From boys down under, as told as it's the second season, his teams really get going. <laughs> you know, next season, uh, if that's true, it's going to be some season. Yeah, and you don't know what heights that could take us to. If that's going to be the case, um, fact that we found out in Friday that Ange Postecoglou is a big fan of the Proclaimers, like myself. Um, we do hope 
we, we know that we're definitely on our way um, from misery to happiness today compared to last season. Um, but, you know, ju- just on what I was saying, the, the collective as a squad that has been absolutely magnificent. And we, I think, you know, it feels like we're talking about this every week, but it's just incredible the turnaround that Celtic just now, from last season to the position we're in just now, five games to go, we're into the split and we are in complete, completely in the driving seat to go and win this championship just now. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> and, you know, I think I said that, I think maybe September, October time on here, I think I said to you privately as well several times that I always thought it was going to be tight and I thought Celtic would, jet, would edge it. Obviously, I, I was biased tight. because, you know, I wanted Celtic to win it, so obviously I thought Celtic would win it. But it was always going to be tight, in my opinion, because last season, it was our worst season in 20 years. It was... Uh, it was their best season ever, so it was all the, the gap was always going to close. Um, you could see the improvements we were making in the first couple of games, even when the results weren't coming. You could see the improvements. Um, he was getting the players he wanted, spending money, and uh, you could see that the, the two six nothing games at the start of the season, I think, probably helped everyone settle in a bit because you knew that this would work and you could see how entertaining it was. Um, and then I think it was only a month ago, actually, maybe before the Ross County game, I said you'd be disappointed, actually, to not win the league from here. Because yeah. with six or seven games to go, three points ahead, flying uh, in the league, on-form on form team, even if you didn't expect it at the start of the season, from that position, I think you've got to expect to win the league. Um, and I think we will win the league now, and there's going to be no disappointment at all uh, where that's concerned. Lawrence touched on it there, you know, we're apparently going to be even better next season. Um, personally, I'm looking forward to that. I think every Celtic fan is, um, not only because of the form, but because, you know, in the interview he done with Optus Sport a few weeks ago, he says he'd really like to take the club somewhere in Europe. You know, it's known for its European success. He'd really like to make his mark there. And then I think it's Andy Harper that wrote his biography, um, or his book, I should say. Yep, says great book, that, by the way. <laughs> thoroughly recommend it. It is a great book. Um, I must Listen, say, book, you know, book depositories got it back in. So there are some. Well, there we go. go. <laughs> I, I picked it up off eBay, and it did have to come from Oz. Um, there was a wee bit of shipping on it, but um, yeah, well worth it. Certainly, sorry to nick in that one, Patrick. No, if um, you haven't read it, to anybody who's watching the pod, certainly buy it. Certainly read it. I wouldn't be surprised to see an updated version come uh, soon. Um, which would be great, but um, it'd also be great if Celtic republished it here because they probably made a killing with it. And um, Ange, uh, I got him to sign my book, and he, he didn't know that it was so popular. I said, "This is like," he said, "That's like gold dust." Um, but uh, over in Oz, so he, he knows that it was popular over there. I don't think he knew how good his sales were probably going over here. So, um, yeah, get the book, everybody. That's all I'm going to say in that one. Aye, and you know, the documentary, The Age of Ange, as well. It's on YouTube. <laughs> Aye, Andy Harper was hyping Ange up more than I think any of us has ever done. You know, he was talking about how, you know, he'd, he'd fancy himself in the Champions League and all this and take every team on. And, you know, I don't think we'll be, maybe not in the Champions League, we won't be making our mark, but I certainly fancy is, you know, if we can take another step, go, go to a different level, then I'd, I'd love us more than anything to, to do something in Europe. You know, we've seen... You know, a Scottish team this season probably get a wee bit lucky and they've ended up in the quarterfinals, you know, with a wee bit of quality and with a wee bit of luck. You don't know where you can go. Um, and Ange, 
I have no doubt for a single second Ange has got the belief. We've got the belief in him. Um, if he brings in a few more players, keeps Carter Vickers and Jota, I don't think there's any reason why not. Yeah, um, Brown Warriors came in here to say, you know, his book school, the, the foreword by Ange this season has been tremendous. Can't wait for chapter one. No, I certainly can't. Um, I hope the, the, you know, the final chapter and the conclusion isn't as bad as Brendan's book. I don't think it will be. I don't think Ange is that type of character. Um, uh, and yet, Dave Ferguson's saying, I'm looking uh, for, yes, Lawrence. Bar's coming in. What difference is that going to make to us? Well, yeah, just, just to kind of touch on that, the, the, um, I've got this here on my phone, um, see McGowan put this out yesterday, uh, just to touch on, you know, Dave Ferguson said, I'm looking for commission, yep, if there's anything uh, wanting to send my way I, off I the thought the free store. coffees you get off him would, would be enough, <laughs> No, not at all, not at all. Pay my Do way. you buy the um, coffee when you meet then? Uh, not at all. Uh, coffees, you know, talking about Lawrence. Um, Do uh, No, no. Uh, Stephen McGowan newspaper <laughs> seeking a, a sponsor um, to help meet Varkos, um, which would mean that Celtic, come to you, one of Lawrence, as you mentioned it, um, Celtic would need to foot the bill at £195,751, the runners up £140,234. But the teams that finish 11th and 12th, this could be the crucial part in this, grand. Now, to some of those teams, that is, you know, a week's wages or whatever, it's a couple of players. Um, do, do you see, Lawrence, that the, the lower teams, because I spoke about this, I think, last week or two weeks ago, um, that the, the lower divisions are going to need to be, I think, 75% as the cap to get this passed. Do you see the, the teams who are lower down in the divisions and the teams that are possibly bottom six? You know, thinking here, you have Dundee, St. Johnson, St. Mun, even Aberdeen, who could be, you know, pulled right into this battle down the bottom. Um, are wanting to put an extra sixty-seven and a half grand. I, I think we've got to take to move the game forward. You know, maybe get somebody like Specsavers to sponsor it. I'm, I'm not too sure, but if they want to move the game forward and you know get the correct decisions more often in games, it, it's somewhere we need to go. If it's sixty grand, that's that's really stopping them. I, I think it's uh, it'd be a fair thing for them to vote for. But then again, that that's if we retain some sponsorship for for the league, which we may not. No, there is a club that's put that in danger. I don't know how that court case is going. I know there've been numerous court cases going on, so I can't keep quite keep track of them all. But I would think the clubs would vote for it. Yeah, I think you'd easily get a sponsor to cover, you know, a large proportion of all that. Uh, it's just can we keep the sponsor for a league? Do you know what they're looking for too? Do you? No, you don't want to be looking for two. Patrick, what's your thoughts on this? And just what I was mentioning there, you know, 11th and 12th, 67 and a half grand. It's a lot of money for some of those clubs that are struggling. You know, I don't think a lot of clubs have probably completely recovered um, from COVID in the past two seasons. Um, what's your thoughts on this? Can you see it going through? Um, and if it's, it does go through, um, to me, it's just going to be the same people operating it who at times don't know the rules of the game anyway. So, um, do you see it going through though? Um, <clears throat> when I when when I initially heard it was going to be seventy five percent, I thought probably not. But with that sliding scale, the way they're doing it, you know, I think it was going to be a hundred grand per per club, but they're obviously changing it, so obviously we pay more, so you know, it's more affordable for the the lower clubs. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be Kelly probably that are coming up. You know, Dundee will be going down. 
Um, you imagine Kelly will be paying that twelfth place um, sixty thousand pounds. You'd like to think Kilmarnock would be able to afford that, um, whether they want to or not. You know, maybe they think on the balance of luck, refereeing decisions uh, suit them. You don't know, but as you say, you're, you're probably looking at full time referees um, before you're looking at uh, video assistant referees. You know. Uh, I think on average, it, 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 the the decisions go from something like ninety six percent to ninety nine percent. So you're you're getting uh, closer to that sort of perfect consistency. Um, Lawrence is totally right. It, it brings you into the modern age. You know, it's the way things are going. I know people sometimes look to England and say it's not been set up right. Um, it has it hasn't been set up right. They take far too long to make a decision in mm-hmm. in the continent, in Germany, Spain, and the like. You know, it's a lot quicker. In saying that, you know, because of our shocking standard, our referees will probably be terrible as well. But I, I think you need to go for it, and I hope they do go for it. Um, because, you know, personally, I think Celtic would benefit because I think there's so many shocking refereeing decisions that if the game was refereed to a, a proper standard, I think Celtic would end up with more points. You know, Alan Morrison does a, a fantastic, um, I can't remember what it's called, I think it's the Yorkshire Whistler. Um, he calls it, um, and he sort of adds up uh, the sort of you know how many points can you expect to get from this decision being made over the course of so many games, and I think Celtic have been done at three points this season um, from refereeing decisions. Certainly, uh, I think of the game at Tynecastle with the offside call as a one just first yeah. game, and um, you know he's that, this, is, this is a guy who I, I'm, I don't really speak for Alan here, but I think it's a, an impartial voice who said that you know the Kyogo goal against Hearts in December shouldn't have counted. It was offside, and VAR would have uh, found that. But even with that factored in, we were still three points worse off because of how many decisions go against us. Um, so I'd like to see it brought in. Uh, I'm not saying by any means it's Celtic are persecuted, I'm just saying that decisions are very often quite baffling um, when Celtic are involved, and I think we need to move forward. Graham's come in here in the comments here that say that VAR should start next season, not November. Lawrence, what's your thoughts on that? Obviously, but we've heard that if we are going to introduce it, it's going to come after the World Cup. Um, would you rather wait and it's at the start of the season? Or, you know, what Patrick's saying there, is it going to be a case where you're kicking off uh, late July, early August in the season and then maybe a few decisions don't go your way or go your way? Um, teams either gain points, lose points from it, and then this comes in. Um, and they might look back at that and think, well, why did we not just start it either at the start of that season or why did we not just wait to the end of that season? What's your thoughts on that one? So I, I think overall it should lead to an improvement. For me, I would get in at the beginning of the season. I, I don't see the need for a delay. You, you know, we don't need to have Scottish referees manning it. You, you can share capacity with other leagues already have bar. Send your, your, your images, you know, there to get viewed and ruled upon. It keeps costs down for it as well. I know the model we've got is, you know, we would have our own referees or former referees or VAR professionals sitting looking at the results. Why do you need that? You could sh- you could share with Germany and, and Netherlands say, look, you know, we've got games going on at the same time. Why don't we just share the cost of the guys that review this and we can get like, guys that you know are perceived to be unbiased as well. We could say, well, look for the Scottish and England game. Scotland, England, the Lyle Wales games will use rest from Germany and Holland to review the decisions and 
it could take some of the perceived bias out of it. So I, I don't see what the delay would be. You know that the technology's there. They could easily share capacity with other football associations. What, why they'd want to wait till after the World Cup, I'm not too sure. No, I'm not too sure either. Um, it just seems a bit strange for me. I think, from my perspective, I'd rather just start it, but it should start at the start of the season, not halfway through a season. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what happens, it'd be interesting to see whether the vote goes through and everything that follows on from that. I think a sponsor would certainly help, but as you say, Lawrence, it'd be interesting to see what happens with the, the actual league sponsor and VAR sponsor. Um, Patrick, Sunday, um, last 15 minutes here. It's a massive game. Um, you know, we've described it as possibly the last hurdle, etc., etc. Any changes you would make from the, the team that played it at Ibrooks? Um, I'd certainly, you know, if Tall Rogic's okay, I'd certainly stick with him in midfield. I know people would maybe see, you know, O'Reilly coming off the bench and getting two goals at the weekend, maybe where it's a start. But I just thought Rogic was excellent at Ibrooks, and I thought um, in that midfield he was, you know, opening up gaps. Um, and then midfield and drifting into space he'd obviously been told to do but did it so so well um, what, what would be your, your thoughts for your, your starting 11 um, on, on Sunday if we're in a similar position to Saturday where everybody's fit bar James Forrest um, I mean if you're assuming Yakimakis is fit I don't I actually don't think you, you will be um, I don't know what makes me say that I just I, I just can't see it um, I, I would go with Kyogo um, maybe it's just because I want to see him play, I want to see him score, uh, especially considering the opposition. Um, yeah, I would, I would swap Kyogo with Yakimakis and I'd probably keep it at that. Um, I really like Abada. Uh, I think he's a phenomenal talent. You know, you went over his stats, 20, 26 goal contributions, uh, I think it is, um, at the age of 20. He, he was phenomenal between December and February, um, as well as at the start of the season, August, September time, um, and he kind of get into the team. Um, but I would you'd have to stick with Maeda and Jota because Jota can bring something different to any other player in my opinion where he's dribbling and he's, uh, he's sort of direct taking players on his cross for Maeda obviously was phenomenal um, he's running phenomenal so I think you've got to stick with him and then Maeda with the pressing it's just ridiculous um, so you can't drop him at all uh, I'd stick with the same midfield I'd stick with the, the back four and I'd stick with the goalkeeper Um you know, Jovanovic, in my opinion, is definitely our best right back. As close as uh, Ralston is, I think it's definitely Josip for me. And um, Taylor's been much improved the last month or so. You know, he got a lot of stick for that Bodo game, and I think rightly so. Um, it's probably still a position I'd like to strengthen in the summer because he's probably still the only one that I would trust there. Um, but he, he's he's uh, kicked on in the last month. He's come on to a new game and. Yeah, apart from Yakimakis for Kyogo, I'd, I'd stick with the same team. Um, yeah, just on an Ange, um, just seeing that he'd said that there's still nothing concrete in Yakimakis' injury. As the await scan results, um, the, the hope from, from the player and manager is that it isn't too bad. Um, Sunday might just come uh, too quick for him. David Turnbull is also carrying a knock from the weekend, so might not be available off the bench. Um, Lawrence, what would your start 11 be? What would you be in agreement with Patrick? Um, and, and what he said there. Well, if Yakimakis is, is fit, I would start him. Uh, I'd drop Yoto and play Kyogo and the rest of the team, you know, just the same as at the weekend. If Yakimakis isn't fit, it, it, can, it gives you, a, I suppose, a, a different 
different problem, doesn't it? Uh, we'll go through the middle and probably, yeah, that'd be the only change. Yeah, I'd start with Jota. I think he's just, you know, on Saturday, a couple of cracking balls into the box and going from what Ange said in his post-match, I don't think he'd be too confident starting Kyogo in a game. You know, one of the journalists asked him in there about that and he said, you know, you're kind of hinting it with a start him on Sunday, probably not. I don't think he's he's ready for that. And even at the weekend there, um, he got minutes into his legs. Um, but when Jackal went off uh, initially, obviously didn't bring him on right away because um, I don't think he was too confident. Just just because he's only been back, you know, 10 games that would have been on Saturday. By, by the time this game rolls around, it'll be just over two weeks he's been back in kind of full-time training. So, and he's only had that little spell against St Johnston in his legs so I don't think Angel possibly take the risk from the start um, if Jacko's fit I'm in total agreement he starts up top but if he's not fit I would rather stick with the two wingers that I've got and possibly play a badder for the middle if need be um, because you know so he can be effective for the middle as much as he's got majority of those goals from the right hand side just with Maeda's pressing it I'd like to keep him out in the wing because I thought he played very very well at Ibrooks out the wing and again, we saw the switch. Angie again did it at the weekend. He's very comfortable to switch the, the wingers around in that. And again, I stick with Tom Rogic um, in midfield. But Patrick, just to kind of talk about the balance of this game, obviously, you're going to have the week off. Training, the intensity, I imagine, will be right up there. And um, on Celtic TV this morning spoke about, you know, you need to just put the, the work in in that week off. It only counts if you do put the work in. Um, I imagine we've all been putting a hell of a lot of work in this week. Um, but in the balance of the game, obviously, our opponents are going to be playing Thursday evening into the Sunday. People chat about, you know, momentum in the league won't really carry into this game because it's a one-off cup game. And just even touched on that. But um, what's your thoughts around all that stuff? Surely Celtic, with another week's training under their belt, we're just going to keep getting better, I think, in the weeks to come. And even Ange has touched on that and saying that he expects more from this team to come. Yeah, I mean, you can't just <clears throat> curtail the momentum of uh, a phenomenal group of footballers and 25,000 supporters in a stand because it's a different competition. You know, the feel-good factor is the feel-good factor. You can't just write it off. Um, you know, I hope it won't be the case, but, they, you know, our opponents could put themselves into a European semi-final and as much as our players will be knackered... Um, they are basically fighting for their season this week. I mean, their season could end at four o'clock on Sunday, uh, or they could be in a European semi-final and a Scottish Cup final. Um, so there, there, there's no reason why they won't be up for it. They, they'll definitely be up for it. Um, we'll be in the better mood because uh, everyone's basically accepted that the league is ours. Uh, we're definitely the form team. As you say, we're, we're going to have a week's training when they're going to I know they're at home, but they're only going to have two days in between. Um, so, you know, they're going to go all out on a Thursday night, going to be tired. Um, There's not much play work, the turnover no, of that, you know, all. because, you know, but the Bodo, sorry to interrupt you there, mate, but like Bodo Glimp, when we played him, everybody spoke about, you know, them having such a long period of time off and maybe not being up to the standards, but that period of time off, you know, analysis and everything that will go into that is getting drilled into, whereas our opponents are going to be focusing on Braga. Um, and then it, quickly the attention will be turned to us on Friday there would be a hell of a lot of work done probably on Friday so it's very hard um, you know getting that getting that all into you and again I think 
you know, the past two games, people say they they won't take too much effect, but psychologically, some players might take a bit of effect. But you know, a three 0 defeat and a two one defeat at Ibrooks, um, I don't think it'll help. But as you say, as a bit all or bust um, for for Rangers on Sunday, um, they, they could get through to a European semi final and try and resurrect their season on Sunday. I think that's why a lot of people look at Sunday as just being so crucial in terms of season-defining probably for a lot of people would, would describe it um, possibly in both parts. Maybe not in our part because, again, even though it would be great to be in the Scottish Cup final or win the Scottish Cup final, I don't think the Scottish Cup final will define our season um, from start to finish, even though we're in pole position to hopefully go on and get to that final. Um, but, yeah. Back to what you're saying there, Patrick, just about... Yeah, it, it would be slightly goals. disappointing, obviously, but, you know, if if you said uh, we win the league by a goal or something this season, I think we'd have all taken that. To uh, win the League Cup, to win the league by what looks like a, a relatively comfortable margin at this moment in time, obviously that can change. And then to be in a Scottish Cup semi-final as the form team, as the 65 favourite, you know, 1-20 for the league... With five games to go, we'd have, we'd have all taken that start this season. Um, so it would be a slight disappointment to lose on Sunday, but I don't think we will, and I don't think it would be season defining for us. You know, it, it it's maybe a get out of jail for you know Giovanni van Bronckhorst for them, but you know we can only focus on ourselves. And you know, we're five game, we're five wins away from a treble basically, and as much as you can take it one game at a time, it's an impressive feat to be five wins away from a treble. Uh, I think we'll wrap the league up. So just focusing on on Sunday, and you know that's another advantage for us, in my opinion. They've got physically and mentally they need to focus on two games. They can't even think about Sunday until Friday morning. Uh, whereas we've been working on it. We probably worked on it yesterday. Probably working on it today. I've just got all week to sort it. Um, whereas they've got sort of double trouble. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to Sunday. Very confident and got to take the first of five steps to that table. Yeah, Lawrence, double trouble, Patrick's touched on there, it's going to be a big part at Hamden um, on Sunday, you know, that suits us uh, after a, you know, what, what won't be an easy game, I don't think, on Thursday for our opponents, um, you know, later on in the game, might be the period where it maybe defines the game, because we saw what we can bring off the bench, uh, in the last derby game, uh, Rangers only brought two players off the bench, which looked as if maybe Van Bronckhorst didn't trust what was on the, on his um, bench. Where do you see the, the game being won and lost? Obviously, in the previous game at Ibrooks, we went one down very early on in the game, pulled ourselves right back in it, we're in total control. Yes, there was probably too many balls into the box on our liking, but Starfield and Vickers absolutely bossed it. Do you see the game being a bit different from the game at Ibrooks, just due to it being neutral venue and ourselves having a full week off. Obviously, before it was just a return from international break, um, but ourselves full week off, whereas Rangers, as Patrick touched on, might have a bit of double trouble. I suppose uh, also it's going to be a bit different. We're going to have 50% of the fans there. It's going to change it. Rangers are going to have to change their lineup. I think it's Lundstrom who's been doing all right. Defensive midfield for them and Hellander are going to be out of the game. They'll also likely be missing Morelos, who was missing yeah, last Lundstrom's game. has been very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe going to be a bit Gordon Strack, and we see what parts of the game going to be won on the big green bit in the middle. You know, it's <laughs> definitely going to be it. It's, but no, I, I think it's just the speed of front six play with. It, I don't think they're going to be able to live with it. Yeah, um, 
on that that point, Patty, even at times on Saturday, there, something I spoke about, you know, in February about Bodo Glimt, our shape was almost at like a two-three-five. You, you saw real inverted fullbacks on Saturday coming in, um, and both played very, very well at Ibrooks, Taylor and Juranovic, and even you know whether Jacko's not fit and doesn't start. I still think anybody that we bring into that team and play up top, we, we can still get the business done no matter what, which is a position, you know, but we weren't certainly in in August and even in February, you know, Ben Doak comes on as a 16-year-old, which shows you, you know, we didn't have too much in the bench in that last game. Just now we're in such a great position to go and do this and we're definitely in the driving seat. Yeah, and even in late January, you know, Matt O'Reilly signs and then I think three days later he starts at Tynecastle. I mean, mm-hmm. in years gone by, you'd have seriously worried about that, especially when you're six points behind, as we were at the time. Oh, no, sorry. Four points behind, I think, we were at the time. Um, and, you know, they just came in, slotted right in. I think we were still doubting whether Hatati was a good player or not. He goes and scores that wonderful goal. Um, I think... Two... No, it hurts. Sorry, at Tynecastle. Tynecastle. Sorry, I thought Sorry, you have. No, no, it's uh, Tynecastle. You scored that um, many wonderful goals. Sorry, you know, <laughs> get in mind, there's been that many big games this season where there's been big moments. And yeah, Tynecastle, it's one of those <laughs> games I think we'll look back at it as a real, really important game because everything was against us with that international players and all that away. And as you say, O'Reilly, three days or something, two, three days mm. from right in. And I think we get, I don't like putting this down to luck, but I think we get a tiny bit of luck in that game when they missed that penalty. Um, you know, you, you just don't know how that could have swung the season if we go from six points to four points back to six points again just after they start dropping points at Aberdeen. Um, so it's just these small moments, but to dig in and hold on in that game, you know, Beaton tried his best to get sent off, of course, but... We'll, we'll not speak about that because um, I am a big Beaton fan now as long as he plays in midfield but you know as you say it feels as if almost every game has been a big game uh, we're starting to enjoy it now you know the last two home games have been carnival atmospheres the next three are all hopefully going to be carnival atmospheres um, players have came in when they needed to it's what Anne said about mentality it's probably why Patrick Roberts isn't at the club his mentality wasn't right you know Matt O'Reilly 21 Three days after moving from, what is it, London to Glasgow, he goes away to Tynecastle, which is arguably the second hardest away fixture we've got. Um, and it's just a credit to them. It's it's a phenomenal feat they've achieved this season. And, you know, hats off to them. Yeah, hats off to everybody. Um, just before we close, just to remind everybody, Celtic B are at Celtic Park tonight playing Rangers. Um, there is still tickets available. If you do want to get along... Um, just check that out on the Twitter and if you do have a season ticket and can't make it along you can access it on the Past to Paradise thanks to everybody for their comments um, hopefully next week again it's big smells on our faces um, we seem to be doing that pretty much every week which is great um, we're looking forward to coming on chatting about Celtic and Angeball. Um if you've been watching please like the video please hit subscribe um, our subscribers are going up so Please do that. Gentlemen, a pleasure as always and thank you to everybody for joining in and watching A Celtic State of Mind. Cheers.
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.